Chazgos says, really enjoy this podcast. Really frank, honest, and relatable. Listen whilst I'm working. Huge appreciation for leaving that review. If you want to get your review read out at the beginning of the show, all you need to do is head over to iTunes, hit leave a review, hit that five star, and tell us why you still subscribe to this show after all the waffling. We do drop some gems in there, but we also waffle a lot. Huge appreciation to Chaz Goss. Go and leave us a review today. Help us spread the love. Get more listeners. Today's show, if you do not like hearing data, sales, tactics, strategies turn off now, if you're the sort of person that wants to learn how to build a sales channel, carry on listening. Harry, I think today's episode, um, I want to dig into some of the problems that I'm facing and how I'm trying to tackle them internally to try and build a sustainable sales channel for our website package. Um, And there's a bunch of things in here around the channel that we're using today, which is Facebook. Kind of need you to just sort of jump on and ask all the questions because I could just ramble for 20 minutes talking this through. So as soon as anything comes up, I feel like you're going to stop me like way too early just for fun. But as soon as anything comes up, (laughs) (laughs) you had that look. You had that look. Uh, You know me too well. You had that Um, look. As soon as something comes up. So I won't ask what is Facebook. Um. So the thing that we are basically trying to tackle internally here at Expert Trades is we run a package that is a website package, um, low cost, high value website package to help trade professionals get set up online. And one of the things that we're really proud of is we won sort of 150, 160 new clients last year, but purely from referral work, which is fantastic when you say, yeah, like when you look at the numbers, we are doing a good service for people referrals. But when you sat in my office, and I've got my own office now, by the way, in case you didn't know. Um, Smug look. <laughs> we're getting there. As long as I've got That's a door a between doorstop, me and you, my doorstop is the best doorstop in the world. World's best doorstop. World's best doorstop. Trademark. Trademark. Done. Uh, for anyone that... Oh, no one knows. I don't know why I was going to say for anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about. Uh, Harry's taking a piss at me, basically, because I bought a doorstop. It's basically the same it's as... called the Jam. Jammer, whatever. There was one for three quid, there was one for five, but because it said world's best doorstop, I bought that one. Specifically chose it because it builds, I'll buy the world's best. Only two pound more. When you say only two pound more, it's not not much. But when you say it's nearly double the price, yeah, I I paid a big premium. Anyway, pulling back to uh, business, Harry, derail me again. And I said derail me at the top of the show, by the way. I meant when it was relevant to help the the audience. (laughs) So what we're trying to do is build repeatable revenue because when you sat in the office where I'm here over Christmas having a break thinking about the business I thought how do I scale this service up we know it's good it drives value but how do we get it in front of more people convert more customers and then build the team you can't do that just off referrals Um, and there's people out there they're gonna be saying yeah you can you can use stuff like viral loops and referral candy to get increase what we've established is if we try and incentivize people to refer us they literally don't want to refer us. They want to do it off their own back because they like what we do. As soon as we add like a transactional element to it, it just falls flat. Yeah, really that, interesting dynamic. I think some of that is partly because of the product that you're selling. Um, yeah. It might do well for a t-shirt or, 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 or other products um, that don't have as much on the line. Like It might just because the industry that we're in, these guys are already being sold websites. Left, right, and center. They've got a website. They've been stung a hundred times. Someone's ringing them up saying, your SEO's minus a thousand, whatever it is, basically trying to blag them, trying to sell them on crap that they don't need. 
Their phone numbers are public. People are ringing them every day trying to sell not just websites, but anything and everything just because they can access them. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to putting their reputation on the line for a website... (laughs) It's a really good point, you know. They don't want to be... like When you refer someone, you refer them because you're happy with the service that you've got so it's like mate you want to try this out because it is it is the most nuts with a website because it's such in our industry anyway it's such a delicate thing these guys don't want to be uh putting their neck on the line they don't put their neck on the line but they're doing it but on a smaller scale so we want 170 websites from people referring and what i then wanted to do at the end of last year was say cool how do i rather than you introduce me to one the way that i see it from what you just said is if you're happy to introduce me to one of your mates who's in the trade what can I do to make you introduce me to every single person you meet in the trade? But what we found out from that is once we added that transactional do three, get 60% off, mm. whatever it is, it kind of just killed the whole vibe about, no, no, guys, we just want to see you do well. We, yeah, it, it went it from a favor to a... Transaction. Yeah, transaction. To a transaction. And to get to your point, like certain products, like Harry's Razors, I don't know if you know the story about mm. that, they basically build their whole business to start with off referrals invite five friends in and get a free razor. That's super simple. Very transactional. Like you said, a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, so what I'm trying to do at the moment internally is we've got Matthew running the website team and we've hired Danny. Actually, yesterday or last night, he, he basically agreed. Yep. He had a three-month three probation period and he's, he joined the team full-time. Skin of his teeth. <laughs> Just about. I told, da- I told Matt and I was like, listen, we should get rid of him. And Matt was fighting this corner so hard. And when he came, when Danny came in the office this morning, my head hung. I thought I'd done enough to fuck him off. But no, he's still here. Only joking, Danny, if you ever listen to the show, you are a valued asset to the team and we love you. Um, but anyway, your contract will come in about 12 months' time. Um, but anyway. That soon. <laughs> uh We've got that team and we're trying to build that up now. We've got a great service. Uh, how do we get it in front of more people? So there's a great book called Traction, which I read a couple of years back, gave it to a couple of guys in the team. I think Edie, by the way, Edie said she'd read it uh, and I bought her the book. And when I went round, I bought it like four months ago. And when mm-hmm. I went round to her house over Christmas, where we're waiting for you and Emmy to get changed, uh, Christmas drinks, I was like, oh, it's on the t- it was on the table. So I thought, ah, okay, it's getting read. And I was like, how are you finding it? And she's like, it's a really tough read. <laughs> I'm like, It's wow. a coaster. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, it is a great book for anyone listening to the show. And if you are interested in learning about sales channels and testing and strategy around trying to develop that, definitely read the book. I got it on Audible. I actually enjoyed the, the audio book. Mm. That's what I like. Um, but just I can, to derail just for a second because yep. you've reminded me of books. That Was it Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Guy is that Kawasaki? what you mentioned? Yeah. Have you got a copy of that that I can borrow? Yeah. Oh, you get, oh, is it? I, oh, I, w- is that I, it? W- I would like, I would like to read that book. Hundred percent. And I couldn't. Changes your way of thinking about uh, ha- uh, one personal money, mm-hmm. uh, and then having assets compared to liabilities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well done on derailing <laughs> completely again. I listen. I will pull this back. I promise we will get there. It's late, um, guys. I can only apologise. He's he's hangry. Not even angry. You just. Just, just hungry. Just hungry. <laughs> just that yeah, hungry. Yeah, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. <laughs> uh, I'm so, uh, website package. How do we generate the leads? So we're testing different channels at the moment. And one of the channels that uh, I like, because a lot of our audience is on Facebook and that's where we engage with them. I know that trade professionals are on Facebook throughout the day, in the evening. Um, we have got mechanics now that we can use to target the relevant and right people. Um so what we're trying to do as a business, very top line, and we can dig into it and then you can stop me if you need more detail. What we're doing at the moment is we're doing a Facebook ads campaign and there are so many different options you can do on Facebook regarding campaigns. 
And one of the ones, the most common one is a Facebook image or video ad. Click, go to website, see the information, hit the contact button and, and go into the sales funnel that way. And when we talk about the sales funnel, we're talking very, very broad. We're talking top of line awareness stuff. Get the awareness, create the intrigue, get them into your sales funnel. So you get a lead, convert that lead into a prospect and then sell them the product. Visually, you should see it as a funnel. Loads of people in the top that see what you do. Hopefully, some people in the bottom that buy what you do. And there'll be points in that funnel that people get stuck. And it's your job as the marketer or salesperson to work out where people are getting stuck and help them through it. How are you filtering them to the top of the funnel? Because for in because we are a um, a more specific. We're not just anyone. We're we're more kind of specific in our audience in the first place. How do you, how the level above the top of the filter? How do you find those people? Just the trade professionals, not Joe Bloggs, who's who who works in IT. You know what I mean? We we want the actual. We want the engineers. How do you get those guys? Cool question. So when we talk about that, we talk about audiences on Facebook. So when you do audiences on Facebook, there's loads of different options again. Uh, and this isn't something... What I want to do on the podcast is talk about high-level stuff like this. I don't want to talk about click this, do that. But when we talk about getting in front of the plumbing and heating engineer or the landscaper compared to Joe that works in IT for Costco, mm-hmm. uh, what you have to do is build up an audience. So you can create an audience through Facebook targeting so I want to run this ad to people whose job title consists of the word plumber. Really basic. Um, really basic, and we find that it's very, very broad. Okay, um, And then you can create custom audiences. So we've got a couple of these. So if you imagine we've got a few hundred customers now, so what we're able to do is download all of our customers' emails. They're ours. You're allowed to do this. Our customer emails and upload them into Facebook and create what's called a custom audience list. So what we're telling Facebook is these 300 people that have bought a website from us are our current customers. And then you're probably thinking, why, why would you run a Facebook ad to these guys? You don't. Then you create a custom audience lookalike from that list. So what we're basically doing is saying, here's 300 ideal customers. We know they're good for us because they've bought from us. Does that not infringe on anything by using their email addresses? No, so with, with Facebook, you're allowed to upload that. Facebook use what's called hashing technology. So Facebook technically never sees that email address. You're not giving that email address to Facebook. When you upload it, it hashes that. And it basically says, if you use that email address to log into Facebook and it matches your custom audience list, we will marry that and create your list on Facebook. Doesn't go through a third party, gets hashed so it's completely anonymous. It's just a way to build custom audiences list through Facebook. And uh, yeah, 100% legal and a marketer's best tool. Uh, and if you're listening to this, regardless of what you do, you you will if you've got email addresses, you should do this. Take those email addresses, upload them into Facebook. And as long as you've got, I think it's, it used to be 100, but I think you can now go as small as a list of 20 people, upload them in, you can run ads to those people. Wow. So we take those 300 people and we say, Facebook, make a list of people that have similar interests and look like these customers. So then it, do, it takes those 300 people and converts them to 400,000. So it's just like 1% of population or something daft. Um, so a ridiculously sized list, okay? <laughs> But that was one of the things that we did. Uh, the second one that we did is we ran ads against specific pages we know are predominantly followed by tradespeople or at least 50% followed by tradespeople. So if you look at services like Rated People, My Builder, Checker Trade, mm-hmm. uh, these are ones that are a profile directory for tradespeople, but they also have a homeowner element to them. So there's homeowners that probably follow Checker Trade because they've done something with them in the past or they've hired a tradesperson through there. 
So then we thought, okay, let's see the effectiveness of the ads against that audience. Probably less effective, but let's let's test it. Um, so what we did is built loads of these custom audiences. So to answer your question, go into Facebook, Facebook Ads Manager, click on Audiences, and have a play around. Custom audiences are uploading stuff. Lookalike audiences is when you've got a list of people that you want to basically emulate or replicate is probably mm-hmm. the right word. Um, that's the audience part of it. So top of the funnel, build the audience, go into Facebook. That's that part of the funnel. Anything else on that? No. I feel like I'm in a full-on seminar right now. <laughs> <laughs> Front row. Uh, cool. We're charging for this. <laughs> I'm docking out your wage. Uh, so what we did from there is... When you go into Facebook, then you hit and create ad. You've got all these options about what sort of ads you want to create. And what I didn't want to do is run them to our website or anything like that. Because if you go to our new website, mm-hmm. you then got to navigate all the way down, find yep. the find the button, press it. And if if you're trying to think about sending people to your website and even you find it a little bit cumbersome to go and find the bit you're looking for, just find a different option. What we should do is build a landing page, but we've just updated the website. We haven't got the landing pages built yet. So we should build a landing page just for the website package to send people to. Because then what we could do is pixel them, retarget mm-hmm. them in the future. But we didn't do that. And, so the wanted fa- to- and the Facebook pixel is what tracks them when they visited the website, they go over to Facebook? Uh, so uh, yes. It, it, cook- it cookies them, right? It, so it then cookies they get, them, so exactly. Then they go- yeah. So if you've logged into your, if you've logged in to Facebook on this computer that mm-hmm. I'm touching right now, and then uh, you close the browser down, you open it back up and you start browsing websites. Any of those websites that have a Facebook pixel on will communicate back to Facebook saying, hey, you've just been on Pipe Drive. I don't know why I'm plugging Pipe Drive, but it's what I use and it's open. I saw you frantically look at all the tabs, all the tabs you've tabs, got open. Trying to find one that's at least <laughs> even relevant or I should say on the show. Uh, so uh, yeah, Pirate Bay is definitely not open. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, the pixel. So we didn't have the landing page set up on the website. So what we decided to do uh, is create Facebook ads using a conversion metric to get a lead. And you can basically now create lead forms on Facebook. You glaze those. <laughs> yeah. And what's, the, and what's the lead form? So when you see an ad, you can now say yes or whatever the button call to action is. I'll learn more, sign up, what, whatever mm-hmm. it is. When you click the button, it pops up a little page and that is natively in Facebook. Yeah, yeah. And it's name, email address, phone number, go. So you don't have to send them to your website and Facebook will physically collect that lead in the platform and then send it to you. So that's what we're using. So it keeps them on the platform. You can then have a, a button at the end that says learn more and then send them to your website after they're filled in the lead, which is what we're doing. Uh, so the goal, what we're doing is getting leads, creating an ad, running the ad to those audiences with a hope that they fill in that lead. Do you want to talk about the creative that you did? Yeah, um, so we did imagery. Uh, basically quote quote cards, if you want to call it that. So we had a nice uh, kind of basic, um, nice blue backdrop, just a, a div- two devices. So you got a Mac and a phone uh, and actual members' websites, so genuine mm-hmm. customers uh, with genuine quotes as well. So we collect reviews. We now host them in ToolTalk uh, under our office package and website packages so you can see all those reviews there but yeah it was just kind of it's really hard to sell a referral like a quote is the best you can do like yeah. I, <laughs> whenever i see them sometimes i can't help but think is that real because mm-hmm. it, it always seems to be 
perfect quote from Mr. Perfect Customer and you yeah. can never find them, but genuinely as are from <laughs> actual reviews that are posted publicly that, that people can find. So to touch on that, one of the reasons that I think these ads, the reason that we spoke about getting the creative around these ads and why we did it the way we did is it's what's called social proof. It's like mm-hmm. people like me that look like me that have bought this thing are happy with it. And the idea is, is a gas engineer or a decorator sees a review from a decorator that is happy. And the thing is that sort of makes us stay honest with this is we show the website, mm-hmm. we show the customer yep. and trace people are, are Googleable. So yeah. like all you have to do is put the company name in and you should find that website. Exactly. It's not, it's not John S. It's like, it's yeah. full name, full company name. It's Afterglow Plumbing and Heating. There you go, Vic, I just plugged you. <laughs> uh, Afterglow Plumbing and Heating and then the review of what you said about the website exactly. package. All you need to do is shut down to Google to find them. So there is that social proof there. Mm-hmm. And then what we did, we shot some video. So what was the video like? Uh, I genuinely can't remember the video. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It was the it was the most painful re- recording oh, session. Oh yeah, that one. I, I just what could took not. Half of my day. Over. I could not get. I just don't know what it is. That there just was in my own head, just completely in my own head, selling my own services, uh, rather sell other people's. Um, so we shot a video, and it's pulling it back to the Facebook funnel. Is there's loads of different sorts of creatives mm-hmm. you can do on Facebook. So you can do images, you can do ads, uh, you can do image ads, you can do video ads do carousels, full-page canvases. There's loads of different options. And wait, you're, I'm assuming you're going to jump into this anyway, but do you? does it depend on the product that's being sold to determine on which is the best? So, like, for example, forget the video for a second, but the difference between a carousel ad and the normal, um, it's not 16 by 9, but the typical normal image that you get, like the widescreen aspect ratio, um, why the difference in those is it because the carousel ones you normally have multiple ones together as opposed to just a single static image yeah i think from what i can only imagine is facebook wants to give the advertiser as much flexibility on the creative as they can and in terms of like is there a product that does better for carousel ads compared to image ads there probably is and i think if you've got a feature rich product the idea of a carousel ad for us is we can talk about each of the different features in a carousel ad or we can show four different reviews from different people. The thing that we've done for this is make zero assumptions of us knowing what's going to work. So we basically put a very small amount of budget into normal image ads, carousel ads, and then video ads, all going into the same lead form. And this is really important when you're testing is if you're testing and they, something. Fo- and they follow a very similar design as well so so they don't, they don't look too drastically different from each other so i guess that's the way you're testing 100% which which platform works so what i'm trying to what i'm trying to do is run let's just say i'm running 10 ads as images 10 ads as carousels and 10 ads as video because i'm only using two or three different audiences and this is where the numbers go a little bit mental um, i'm actually running 30 image ads so 10 ads to three different audiences, 30 carousel ads, and then 30 video ads. And the num- that's about half of what we're actually doing. So we actually run double that. So we're running about 180 different ads at one time. It sounds hard, but once you've set up the first one, you can basically duplicate the ad and then just change the creative. So we du- found the ad that we liked, put the copy in. And to do this thorough A-B testing, we haven't changed the copy. So that's the little bit of text that goes mm-hmm. above the image or the video. So what we've ended up with is the same copy across all the image ads, then the carousel ads, then the video ads. And then we've 
got all those adverts running against different audiences. So what we're able to find out at the end of this test is which audience performed best and then which ad set for that audience performed best. So we'll take basically 180 different ads and condense them down to probably 20 to 30. And then what we've established is the baseline. And that's sort of where we are today. And what what kind of reporting does Facebook give you? Like, do you see that? Facebook gives you, you have, all like, the reporting in the world, or... but fucking make it impossible <laughs> to pull out the data. <laughs> they, they literally make... So in terms of the headline data, when you just go into normal ads manager, uh, there is head, there is basic data in there. But depending on the volume of ads that you're running, as well as the budget that you're spending, you're going to want to know some serious details. Mm. Trust me, it's all there. You just need to learn to navigate the Facebook Ads Manager. Um, or you can go into what's called Power Editor, which is like Facebook Ads Manager on steroids. It's its big brother. Um, that gives you loads more flexibility and reporting options. Um, I even at, the, even at the scale that we do ads, I don't see the need to use Power Editor. I get what I can out of Facebook Ads Manager. Uh, just send them my way around it now, even though they change it every three weeks. Very frustrating. I literally go to client meetings. And I'm like, oh, if you just... What the fuck is that button gone? <laughs> and I swear I've done this exactly. before. <laughs> that's what it's going to be. Like, oh. uh, so where we are today, we've done the awareness stuff, we've done the ads, done the creative, um, and we've driven them down the funnel, uh, and we've choose the same objective for every single one. What mm-hmm. you can't do is change it all, like clicks to website, awareness, reach, f- lead forms. You have to choose one common goal if you're going to thoroughly A-B test this. Um, so we've done that and we've been running it for about four days now or five days. Um, and we're at a point now where we understand a, a very, very rough cost per lead for our website package now. Did you slam budget into this or did you put a bank roll on it so what to pull from yeah what i've done because i'm monitoring this every day at the moment so what i've basically did is i set it to uh let me just work this out very quickly i set it to was it ten dollars per ad set per day so i think we were spending eighty dollars a day basically ninety dollars a day uh, across the different ad sets for each group mm-hmm. um so so in total ninety dollars a day was what we were spending uh, so you're probably looking at like two, three, five, seven dollars, whatever the numbers work out to be for the actual individual ads per day. So we let that run. So each advert itself has done enough reach to work out if yeah. it's working. So I went in yesterday uh, and I'm having a look at the numbers. So uh, to get to the actual details, I'm just looking at Facebook now. So if you hear some clicking, it's because I'm trying to navigate Ads Manager. Um, the campaign that we've ran, the... Set, we've had eight leads generated. So from the form, eight leads have been generated. So that means eight people have gone in, filled the details and submitted them. And then what we've done to make life easy is we've connected that up to Slack. Mm-hmm. So now when a lead comes into Facebook, I don't need to check. I get pinged in Slack automatically. Um, one of your many Slack channels. One of my many Slack how, channels. How many, how many people, if you've got eight leads so far, how many yep. people have had to come into the top of the funnel to yield? Yeah, really interesting. So let me just click in so while this loads just on that slack thing as well it's the key thing is with leads is leads go cold super fast people are on facebook and especially the people that are used to clicking things and filling things in i spoke to one guy off this lead and he completely forgot about us mm. it was two days two days and he forgotten about oh i forgot i did that blah blah and blah then he was just a cold a cold call, call again <laughs> exactly so it's really important that you get on leads real fast uh, you can use a tool called Zapier that connects different services. Mm-hmm. So we use that and it just allows us to 
get the leads into Slack nice and fast. Zapier also allows you to do cool stuff where you can actually take that lead and ping it into PipeDrive, which is what I've been setting up this afternoon, um, which we can get into very briefly. Uh, or f- f- fling it into, I didn't know what verb to use then in terms of sending it in. So it's, it's getting tired, bro. Uh, send, <laughs> send it into Google Sheets. So there's loads of stuff you can do. Wow. Because, um, so if we look at it now, uh, we have uh, impressions-wise, so these are people that have just seen the ad. So impressions just in the feed. Uh, 26,481 people have seen the ad. Um, one thing I don't have on here is video views because we're now talking about the video engagement. And on Facebook, you've got option that's called columns and you can select what's most important. So if we're looking at the video views, impressions-wise, 26,481. Okay. People that watch three seconds or more, 3,968. Okay, so we're already looking at, quick math, bro, uh, about 14% of the people that it flew past them in the newsfeed mm-hmm. watched more than three seconds. We go down to 1,014 people that watch more than 10 seconds, and this is about a 90-second video. Okay, so it's a lot. Uh, video percentage watched, 2.47%. So the people that watched the full video... 2.47% of the people that were reached. Small amount, very small amount. Uh, and don't, guys, if you listen to this show, I'm not expecting you to at least, this. I'm basically talking about the numbers to show what goes through our heads as we're running through campaigns. We care about the number of people that are watching and this all goes on to how we build our sales funnels up. Top of the funnel stuff going back to it, 27,000 impressions. And then we basically build these down and down and down to see where people are heavily dropping off to see if the video is boring, mm-hmm. if they all drop off because I say something rude or uh, annoying uh, at 54 seconds in, you can start to see this sort of thing in the data. Because I'm just looking at it now and I can see a full breakdown of uh, video watches at 25%, 50%, 75%. So that column that I might have said about 2.47%, that's actually the just number of people that was the impressions, not all the way through. 70 people watched 95% of the video out of the... 3,900 views. Now, is that sounds ridiculous. Is uh, that expected on most funnels? I have no, obviously I have the, no idea. I have oh, no context. Obviously, the goal is what you would like is 3,000 people see it and 3,000 people go all the way through and convert and all that. But like, obviously, we might not know what to expect from our conversions, but is there like an average conversion rate that you can expect from ads in general or so general e-commerce wise so uh if you're looking at like i have a shop and people google stuff go on my shop and buy something there are industry averages for that probably mm-hmm. about two percent now um i there so, are which th- sounds ridiculous still uh it doesn't it doesn't 100 people browse a website and two people buy something mm. sounds about like you know what i mean like you probably I, I was browsing next last night looking at furniture i wanted uh well the wife wanted uh, just be really clear on that. Um, she ain't getting it. It's five hundred twenty-five pounds for one thing. Um, no, but you'll spend five pounds on a doorstop. <laughs> it's the world's best doorstop. <laughs> um, yeah, so I have no context. And even if I saw industry averages for this, I wouldn't believe it. We're so young when it comes to Facebook, and like the when you look at Google, the creative is the ad, the the, the PPC, yeah. for example. Um, the variables of the creative for Facebook are just massive. Like we have no idea. Um, but the one thing that is positive for me on this is, and this is what I'm talking about looking at the numbers. Yeah, we can say like 4,000 people did this, 2,000 people did that. It's all irrelevant. The people that watched it 
that's where I get an indication to whether the video was any good. So the people that watched all the video, 95% plus, 70 people. Out of those 70 people, eight of them filled in the lead form. So that's a relative, that's a really strong conversion rate from what I see from internet marketing. Hopefully that means the video is good, even if I can't remember it. <laughs> I just do so many. You know, the B-roll with like Danny and Matt, that one, yeah, man, yeah, that yeah, one. That's yeah, what yeah. we're talking about. You'll get there, guys. I do, um, I do, I do, I do remember it, yeah. So we, so 70 people watched the full video, okay? And that generated eight leads. So work out the maths. So like, I don't know, 8%, 11% roughly. We've spent $333.17 to get eight leads. Cost per lead at the moment, on average, is $41.65. Just to put into context, I have paid $41.65, 34 quid, whatever it is. For someone uh, to fill in. For, to fill in a form for then not to answer three of my phone calls. (laughs) And this is what I'm talking about, about knowing the numbers and knowing the funnel and testing it and being really diligent. Because at the moment, because I've paid for those, I'm being more diligent than I have Mm. been with anything else. So that's 35, 36 pounds, whatever it is, out of my pocket to get that person's conversation started. So then what happens with the funnel is I add them into pipe drive. Eight people interested in getting a website from Expert Trades. And then people are probably thinking, how much should I pay for a lead? We can cover that off in a whole different show. This comes down to what your product is, lifetime value of the product. Very basic rule is you should pay a third of the lifetime value of your customer. E.g., if you are generating £300 worth of profit lifetime for a customer, you should never pay more than £100. This is pure profit, not time to build a website, hosting fees, pure profit, you should not pay more than £100 to acquire that customer. A third, three to one, okay? Then what I have to do, get the lead, call them. They don't answer. Try again, they don't answer. I've got their email address, so I email them. Don't get a reply. And admittedly, this is all on a short time frame. So here's what I've done so far, knowing my audience. I call them, don't answer. I email them saying I tried to call. I then text them the next day because I've got their information. Mm-hmm. Very polite text. Hey, da-da-da, I know you're busy. And I've already got their email address, but what I'm trying to do is start the conversation. So I say, if you can just reply with the best email, I will send you all the information you need so you can look at it in your own time. Because once they send me, that's super simple for someone to do. Yeah, yeah, it's adamxpertrade.com. Send. I'm at least back in the funnel for them. Mm-hmm. And that's a way for me to start the relationship off. So eight leads from the conversations and the contacts, I think we're going to convert three so far. Uh, that means we've paid $331 for three website sales. So $110 per sale. That's higher than I want, but it's technically still profitable as long as they stay with us for over 18 months. That's a really long way of thinking about it. Uh, But hopefully people listening to the show have just heard me just dump a lot on the mic about how we do Facebook ads. And if you're interested in learning more and this stuff is interesting to you, because I can imagine that 99% of people have switched off. I mean, one of, one of my take-homes from it, obviously this is something that I don't have to worry about and, mm-hmm. and go through. And just sitting here, hearing all of the stuff that you've kind of got to think about, consider, go through, plan, prep, and everything that's involved. It sounds like a hell of a lot, and it, and it is. But 
I guess, I guess if you're trying to if you're trying to sell something and you're trying to trying to figure out the best way to sell a product, then you do have to kind of get to grips with it and just grin and bear it. You've I got mean, you've got to test it. Like yeah. you've hundred percent got to test it. Uh, the the problem is is we're at a luxury now because we know we've got a product that people like and they stick with. Yeah, like have have we? We've obviously the fact that we're still trying to figure out if we can sell through Facebook and things like that shows that we've obviously just in essence fumbled our way through with a product that we know people want mm-hmm. but we've ever seen we've never been able to nail the sales funnel even to date mm-hmm. so I mean I guess <laughs> one positive to take out of it is you can still get by even if uh, even if you've not nailed <laughs> your sales funnel 100%, and this is only a pro- I'm making this a problem mm. because I want to scale that team like at the moment, that that's part of the business is profitable. Like the website part of the business, if we just wanted to say, okay, cool, we'll just pick up three, 10, 11, 17 websites a month, like that's profitable for us. But as the founder, I want to scale that up. Mm-hmm. And to scale something, you need to find channels that you can repeat. Uh, and once you've done that once, you can't sit back because you'll saturate that channel. Like it might work for three months, it might work for 12, it might work for three years, but eventually you'll see that cost per lead go up as people become sick of you, seeing your ads, not yep. engaging, whatever. Uh, that cost per lead will go up and then you've got to go and find another channel. But don't wait for that to die. Always be testing. Get the traction book. Try it. The luxury that we've got, like you said, is we've got a product that we know people want. I think if you're in a position and you get this far in this episode and you're thinking about running Facebook ads, if you haven't even got like a validation that people like your product, definitely don't start to try and scale a Facebook ads or any channel until you've got product market fit. Having said that, I think Facebook is the best way to test an idea before you even make a product. Because you can run loads of Facebook ads saying, hey, uh, let's just make a widget up. You can get the uh, the infinite chargeable mouse, buy it once and it never runs out of batteries. Uh, today, click here. And you can run that ad and find out how much it would cost you to get a click. When they click, you say, oh, website's not ready yet. Like you can do stuff like that with Facebook, so you can test. You've just got to be in a mindset of just test, 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 test. So what's the lowest, uh, just to wrap this up, what's the lowest, um, how <laughs> how many ads would someone need to jump when, if, they, if, if they're like, right, I've got this thing, I want to start pushing some ads over Facebook, I want to start testing it, I want to start making my duplicate audiences, I want to get my ideal customers, I want to put all these emails that I've got in. Obviously, they've got to have a database of emails first yep. to put in, but... Let's say they've got the ball rolling on that. Where do they where do they start? And so what, what's what's the minimum you think that people need to the absolute to minimum test and get some good results? Two ads against the same audience. Simple. Two ads, same audience. Ten dollars each ad. Run it. Get a benchmark. That one cost me ten dollars. It was seen by three thousand people and got four clicks. That one all the same, but got me nine clicks. Cool. Change the shit one to try and make it better than the first one and then just keep adding from there. So just two ads, one audience, and just get a benchmark and then start adding. Do not overcomplicate it. Best tip I'll ever give you is when you set up Facebook ads, name the things properly because once you've got two ads, you can just remember. When you've got 180, you spend so long <laughs> clicking in to remember what on earth you're talking about in that campaign. Two ads, $10 each, one audience, test from there. Set a benchmark, write it down, put it into your notepad and say, okay, $20, 19 clicks, what's next? 
And on that silver lining, <laughs> that was a nice turnaround from 180 ads to just two. Two simple ads to A-B test. Uh, heavy show. Heavy. Um, very rich in detail. Uh, if you want to hear more episodes like this, testing sales channels, this is just part one as well, which is scary. The fact the fact he said to me, let's just play this part one because I've got plenty to go at. Uh, yeah, you can contact us. Contact me, Harrison, at experttrades.com. Two T's in the middle, one S at the end. Um, we've got plenty of people messaging in, messaging in to us. You can reach us on the gram as well, Adam. Startup podcast. Confidence. Done. We will speak to you guys next time.